Good morning, church. Welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church here in Altamont. I'm Reverend Paige Campbell, your pastor. And as we do every Sunday when we meet together in spirit, I say to you, God is good. You say all the time. I say all the time. You say God is good. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. God is good. And here we are this morning uh, to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Hence the red behind me as we remember the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples in that upper room so long ago. And we celebrate how the Holy Spirit continues to move and guide us in our lives. And so I'm so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. We're going to take just a moment to center ourselves. Perhaps you need to light a candle nearby, readjust your seat, do something so that you are in a posture for worship, and I'm going to light our candle, reminding all of us of Christ's presence with us. Now I'm going to read for us the beginning words of that fateful day so long ago. When the day of Pentecost had come, they, the disciples, the followers who were still around, were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Will you join responsively with me now in our opening words? I will read the words in white and you will read... Stirring us to action. Come, Holy Spirit, energize our lives to work for God. Let your wind of hope swirl around us, lifting and moving us from complacency. Come, Holy Spirit, pour your blessing on us. Let your presence challenge us to proclaim God's presence and love in everything we say and do. Amen.
whatever it is that you're watching on. We're going to enjoy some children's time together. I also want to give you a second because I want you to grab something that you can use as like a fan. So maybe it's a piece of paper. Maybe you have a fan. If not, maybe it's just your hand. But I want you to have something ready. So go find what you need. I'm going to grab my fan. Hold on just a second. Okay. Are you guys ready? All right. So I have my fan here. This is a fancy fan. It's got a picture of the Last Supper on it. Maybe I should just use the regular paper. I don't know. Anyway, all right. So today is the day of Pentecost, which that word means nothing to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's okay. Totally understandable. Most people don't know what Pentecost means. Basically, it means 50th day, okay? But on this day, all right, about 2,000 years ago, after Jesus had died and he was resurrected, his followers were all gathered together in a room. They called it like an upper room in a house in Jerusalem. And then something very strange happened. Now I want you to start fanning yourself. Uh, I'm a little warm again this morning. Seems to happen to me a lot on Sunday mornings these days in this sanctuary. So I'm fanning myself off. Uh, does that feel good? How's that feel for you? Does that feel good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of reminds you of the wind, right? So sometimes the wind comes good and slow. It's a nice breeze. Can you do that? Nice and slow. And sometimes the wind is really fast. And it just blows and blows and blows. And sometimes we don't like that, right? I mean, when do we not like it when the wind blows and blows and blows? Like when it's cold outside, right? Do you remember those days? It was once cold outside and the wind was, you know, very cold. But on days like today, oh, the breeze feels good, doesn't it? It does, it does. Well, the word that the Bible uses for wind is the same word that it uses to describe the Holy Spirit. That on that day when all of Jesus' followers were gathered together, it was as if a wind came into the room. Now, I don't know if they felt this. Do this again. I don't know if they felt that or not, but you know how you can hear the wind? How you can hear the wind go through the leaves of the trees and, or hit the side of your house or blow your wind chimes? You can hear the wind? Well, the, the people gathered that day, they heard it. it. It sounded like the wind, but they were inside. The doors were closed. The windows were closed. They didn't have fans like we do today. But they had this experience, this wind, this blowing. And that was the experience of the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is the part of God who is with us all the time. And that was the day when the Holy Spirit said, I'm here for you all, all of you who follow Jesus from this point forward. And so the Holy Spirit came upon Everybody, and they said it was like tongues of fire. So it was as if the wind was kind of like above them, maybe. I don't know. I can't even imagine. Can you imagine tongues of fire? When I think of tongues, I think of my tongue. Ugh. But it was like tongues of fire. And it came upon them, and they began to do wonderful things, amazing things. They started to talk in other languages. Now, I can speak a little bit of Spanish passable maybe but but to speak a language i'd never even heard before that's what they could do 
And that was just the beginning of what the Holy Spirit did for followers then and does for us today. Do you see behind me? We have the cross. And I don't know how high up you can see, but we've got the colors that come down that remind us of the spirit of like flames, like tongues of fire that come into us and they light us up. God's spirit lights us up and says, hey, let's get going. Let's go do something for God. And so this is the day that we remember that that happened then, but also that it happens every single day when we open ourselves up to God and say, spirit, lead me. Spirit, guide me. God, show me what you want for me today. Did you know that Pentecost is actually what we call the birthday of the church? It is. It was that day when everybody was gathered and then they had all of the gifts then that God had to give them so that they could go out in the world and share Jesus Christ. I'd have us sing happy birthday, but I think there's some copyright issues involved. There's some legal things that maybe we can't do that. So we're just going to say happy birthday church. So all together, one, two, three, happy birthday church. And we also say thank you, God, for giving us your spirit to liven us up, to light us on fire for the things that you have for us to do. Will you pray with me now? Oh God, we thank you. We thank you that your spirit lives inside of all of us today, whether we are young or whether we are old. So God, for our young people, our young followers, Lord, I pray that they will get to know your spirit better that they will come to understand the leading and guiding that you give to them through your spirit. God, I pray that you will blow, blow into their lives and light them up for Jesus. Amen. Oh, I'm do, I do like the fan, I have to admit. I like the fan. If you need to keep the fan by yourself, you know, during the rest of worship, go right ahead. Maybe fan a friend, too. But don't be annoying about it, okay? All right? All right. Now we enter into our time of prayer. The concerns that we just have as humanity, as children of God. And so within our community, I would like to lift up and ask for prayers for Susan Winters and for Jill Cruel. And for others that we know who may be experiencing some medical issues, we want to pray for our friends who are still at home during coronavirus. Of course, we want to pray for safety for everyone, that we make wise decisions as we begin to open up and as we begin to resume our new normal. We also want to be in prayer for our country in this time where, where there is great unsettling and that is not strong enough of a word we pray for the family of George Floyd and others who have lost their lives in ways that seem so un-understandable un we can't understand it and we pray to Lord for those then within communities who feel that hurt so strongly and we pray too that as we work for justice as we work for righteousness, that we will do it in ways 
that reflect God's love and reflect God's justice. So we do pray for the end of violence, the end of rioting, and we pray for the end of violence everywhere, not just because of this latest incident, but the violence that permeates all of our lives, violence that is experienced in homes, violence that is experienced through communities, violence that is experienced around the world where there is no peace and there is no justice. We pray for all of this now and so much more. So I invite you now into a few moments of personal prayer time. And Lord, we thank you for the glory and the grace that you have given to us this very day. We thank you for the glory of creation, the beauty of the morning, the green that is growing, the flowers that are blooming, the birds that are singing. God, we thank you for just your greatness, because Lord, you are great. And Lord, you are grace-filled. You love us even though we betray you. You love us even though we fail you. You love us even though we return to sin over and over again. But you are a God of grace and a God of glory. And this morning, Lord, we lay before you the cares, the concerns, and the joys and thanksgivings that we have upon our hearts. God, we thank you for the ways in which you have shown yourself to us this week, for the ways that we have seen you move in our lives, and for the blessings that we have experienced. And God, we pray for those we know who are in need. Lord, we pray for those who are um, in the midst of medical procedures, medical tests, or just in the, in the path of healing. And we pray, Lord, that your strength and comfort will be upon them. As always, God, we pray that your spirit will lead the, the hands and the minds of all those who care for others, doctors, nurses, techs, EMTs, and so many more. God, we thank you pe that people have answered your call to help to heal. And God, we pray that in those places where there is woundedness, in places where there is hurt, in places where there is despair, that God, your spirit will come and not just heal, Lord, but restore, repair, reconcile, God. Because, Lord, you know that we have those spaces in our lives 
where we need restoration and repair. And you know, Lord, only too well how all of humankind has that need as well. God, we pray in these days that seems uncertain and are certainly changing, that you will lead and guide all those. Now, let me rephrase that, God. We know that you seek to lead and guide those who are in leadership. We pray, God, that those in leadership will hear your call upon their hearts and lives and that they will heed your spirit in the ways that they lead us. God, we pray all this and more. And now we join our voices together to pray to you, saying, Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthian, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jew and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and misty mist, smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
May the Lord add a blessing to our reading, hearing, and understanding of the scripture this morning. I'm going to be really honest with you. I have been all over the place this week. All over the place. In fact, I feel like I'm about to cry. And I might just do that. Because this has been a heavy week in many, many ways. Maybe in ways for me that it wasn't for you, which is quite possible. I came to this morning to this scripture, the day of Pentecost, that is supposed to be the day where we celebrate the birthday of the church. But I am not feeling excited or celebratory. In fact, I feel more like lamenting. I think perhaps I feel a little bit of what the apostles might have been feeling that morning before the Holy Spirit came. This feeling of dread, unknown, uncertainty, some fear, some frustration, some wondering, what am I to do next? See, that day of Pentecost, the disciples were all gathered together not because they liked each other's company, not just because they could and they didn't have to social distance. They gathered together because it was the only place they felt safe. Because they knew that the outside world was not open to what they believed and what they had experienced. And they were really waiting to hear what they needed to do next. And so God answered. And God answered big. God answered as promised. God answered by bringing in the Holy Spirit in ways that words that we have on the page could not possibly, I think, describe what actually happened to them. They had some kind of experience and they saw things that they couldn't understand, but suddenly they were infused. Suddenly they were on fire for God. And they began sharing God's words in ways they had never done before. Literally, they shared it in languages they had never spoken before. And so God's word was experienced then by people who wouldn't have experienced it otherwise. Couldn't have experienced it when they were limited to their human selves. It was only when the apostles allowed the Holy Spirit to move them and to put them on fire that they were able to reach and do what God had called them to do. They were open and they acted, they responded. God blessed them in their time and the, because of what they did, because of the risk that they took, many were saved. If you continue to read Acts chapter 2, you see that Peter then gives the first and the best sermon of his life. And people came to believe in Jesus Christ. People were saved. That is the beauty, that is the excitement of Pentecost. That should be the beauty and the excitement every time we come to God and we say, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. Pour out your Holy Spirit on me. Infuse me with your fire 
so that I will live, act, and love the way that you have called me to. But when I look at this week, I see how we have so failed in so many ways. So many ways. I'm going to complain about the church for a minute. I'm going to complain about the church because we are to be a place that loves one another. Yet there have been churches all over the country that have complained about how we must be able to open our doors and we must be able to worship. And we can only do that if we are in a building. But then I think about the thousands of people who have died because they had been in contact with people who had been in contact with other people. They had gotten coronavirus because they had not social distance in some way, shape, or form. And lives have been lost because of that. And I cannot see how we as a church who are to love everyone and care foremost can think that worshiping in a building is the most important thing. And that if we think that worshiping in the building is the only way that we can worship, then, oh my gosh, my lament, Holy Spirit. We can worship anywhere and everywhere. There is beauty in worshiping in community. But when we cannot do that, that does not mean that we cannot worship. And what is most important to us? I see these churches that have sued the government so that they can be together saying that their First Amendment rights have been violated. And I say, whose right are you really worrying about? Your own desire to have what you think you need? Or the care and concern that you should have for others? I felt very strongly that our congregation cannot open as it did before until we are sure that everyone who comes into our space can be safe. And then all these politicians have to get involved and one person says one thing and one person says another thing. I, as a pastor, I, as a member of the church, who do I look to first and foremost for my leadership? It is my God. And what does God call me to do? To love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love my neighbor. And I can see no other way to love my neighbor than to keep them as safe as possible. Even if that's an inconvenience to me. And trust me, doing church like this has been a huge inconvenience to many of us. God has made blessings out of it. I know that there are people right now who are watching who have never walked in our doors. But because of this virus, because of this crisis, we're able to reach out for Jesus in new ways to new people. That is a blessing. 
My heart is also heavy because I understand we who live and work in Effingham County, we've had very, very little contact with the coronavirus. Our statistics say seven people? Seven people? There are counties nearby who've had none. But then when you go to other parts of our state, when you go to Chicago, and uh-oh, for a lot of people, I just said a bad word. I did. I just, I might as well have cursed. I said Chicago. But in Chicago, it's a much, much different story. Heck, even in a nursing home in Charleston, Illinois, in Coles County, it's a much different story. 75 people in a nursing home in Charleston have gotten coronavirus who have been living locked down in their nursing home all this time. But all it took was one. One. But I am afraid that, that all of this now has is, is, is helped deepen a divide that we have between rural and urban. Pick whatever side you want to beyond that. When we don't experience it ourselves, we don't necessarily have the ability then to have the same compassion, to have the same understanding. We just don't have the same experience. But because we don't have the same experience doesn't negate the experience of others. I listened to the show Fresh Air this week on the radio and they interviewed a, a reporter who was working in New York City. And he was working covering the EMTs who went into the homes of those who died by themselves while quarantined, who went and buried the dead who were unclaimed, went and worked and talked to funeral directors who are so overwhelmed, who want to be able to care for their community, for the families around them, but because of the sheer number of people who have died, they cannot, and they're overwhelmed. We're lucky. We are lucky. Thank God that for whatever reason, you live in Effingham County if you live in Effingham County because it's only through dumb luck that our experience is different from other places. I don't get why. I don't get why. We have two major interstates that go through our county. I thought for sure if there was going to be an outbreak anywhere, it would be because of the truck stops that we have in Effingham County. But for whatever reason, we don't. Thank you. I think that that's just luck. I don't think that's any special blessing from God. I think that's just luck. But when our experience is so different from other people's, it can blind us to what that experience is. And I'm afraid that's what's happened across the country. Yet again, we have found another place where there are haves and there are have-nots. And we have allowed our own desires, our own needs, our want to go out to eat, our want to live life like it was before, our want to have a job, our want to earn a living. All of that has become jumbled. 
and we don't see the big picture all the time. So I cannot tell you how frustrated I've been over the last week and a half when we as a church have tried so hard to follow the guidelines that our bishop has given us about reopening. And then one political leader makes one announcement and then another political leader makes another announcement and suddenly there's all this flurry. And not only is it changed, but I wonder, is it really the best? Is it doing no harm? It saddens me. And I say, Holy Spirit, where are you moving in that place and in this time and in this space? Are we opening ourselves up to you in this time? And instead of lamenting what we don't have, are we opening ourselves up to the things that we could have and the things that we could do if we listened to you? Have we allowed too much of human to block the voice, the wind, the fire of God? I think we have. I feel it myself. And then, and then, George Floyd was arrested. And George Floyd was killed. And we didn't just hear about it. We could see it. We could watch it. And if you are not moved by that, if you are not pained by that, I don't care if he was the worst, most hardened criminal in the world. God never calls us to kill. But it happened. And now there are all those voices. Oh, you don't know all the circumstances. I know the one that's most important. Someone died who didn't need to. And it stirs up in me. And it stirs up in many more who have more of a right to be stirred than I. I am stirred out of compassion. I am stirred out of concern. But others are stirred out of anger, out of frustration. But yet again, this is where we begin to divide. And again, I think we divide along lines similar to what we have with the coronavirus. The cities, the rural areas, communities of color, communities that are white. And we're all trying to guess and say what's right, what's wrong, they shouldn't be protesting. They shouldn't be looting. Maybe they shouldn't be looting. I'll say, don't do harm. That's what God tells us to do. That's what our faith tells us to do. But I also don't know the frustration and the hurt of communities that have experienced something so very different from mine. So I say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Move me. Holy Spirit, fill us, move us, so that we can understand, so that our hearts can be open, so that we can listen, not so that we can yell, not so that we can pass judgment, but so that we can see that, God, you have called us to create a world 
That is your kingdom here on earth, and we are failing. And we are failing in a very American way. They don't do this other places. Why do we? And where do we as Christians, as followers of Christ, how do we show our faith? How do we show our belief in a God who loves and forgives in the midst of our conversations right now, in the midst of our actions? Or have you already turned off the television because I went too political? I'm not going political, I'm going human. Jesus came into this world because we are so very broken. And this week, like so many other weeks, has proven that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And we are a people who hurt. We are a people who are angry. But we are also a people who don't understand one another, who don't see each other as God's creation. And I just cry, Holy Spirit, fill us, fill your church, empower us, Lord, fix us, Lord. Lord, when there are places that need, when there are places and times where wrong is done, when there is injustice, Lord, empower us to call it out and to work for change. Holy Spirit, though, where there are places where wrong is being done, where our neighbor is hurting another neighbor, Lord, help us to call that out. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet, to be the example of Christ who loved the other, who loved all, but who sought justice and showed mercy. I need the Holy Spirit now more than ever because I just feel so empty. And I say that as a white, privileged woman who does not have any close friends of color, who lives in a county with very few corona cases. My life in all aspects, is actually pretty darn good. But I know that the hearts of others are not. And so my heart hurts. There's a song lyric that says, Break my heart for what breaks yours, O God. And I want us all to feel that and know that so that we can do something about it. So that we can call upon the Holy Spirit to fill us and empower us and help us to work. To bring change where there needs to be change. To bring comfort where there needs to be comfort. To bring safety where there needs to be safety. But above all else, I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us see each other as God's children. Not different because of race or ethnicity or religion. 
not different because they're from the city or from the country. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us all eyes to see as God sees. And then hearts to love as God loves. I don't know, that's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. It's asking for a lot. We've had many conversations in our house this week about how difficult change is. But change doesn't happen until we start. Lord God, I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon each and every one of us. God, I know that you're with us all the time. I know that you're moving us all the time. But God, we don't always listen. We don't respond. So Lord, remove the sinfulness in our hearts that block us from your leading. And Lord, empower us to do. Empower us not to attack, but to listen to respond with grace and to just know know that you want us to love one another so often I don't think the church gets it and I know so often the world doesn't get it the only way we're ever going to get it is through God. Through the hands of Jesus Christ who forgives us for our sins. And by the leading and the following of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit with us. Only through that can we ever be better. So that is my lament. That is my prayer for this Pentecost week. Lord, from my lips to your ears, from your spirit to all of our hearts. Amen. Well, there is news to share about the things that are happening in the life of our church this week. I have to find my notes. There we go. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. We're going to share Holy Communion next week. So this is how we're going to do it. The bishop has given us pastors the permission to bless the elements across the internet waves. And so I invite all of you next Sunday to have at your side when worship starts something to serve as the bread. Bread, cracker, whatever. And to have something to serve as the juice or the wine. doesn't really matter what it is. But we are then going to share together Holy Communion, and we will do that on the first Sunday of each month until we can gather together again and do it all together in communion. So I, I, I want you to be prepared, be ready. I will be putting it out on Facebook, sending you emails, sending you phone calls to remind you. So next Sunday, we are having communion, and I am excited about that. Also, in consultation with our reopening team, we have decided to... Um, present a different type of worship experience for very small groups. So living within stage three of the Restore Illinois plan, we are allowed to gather social distanced in groups of 10 or less. 
And so we're going to be offering, I'm going to be offering, a worship experience that you folks can call in, make a reservation to attend, and then come and attend. It'll be different than regular Sunday worship, different sermon, different scripture. There will be no singing. We will be social distanced, and we will wear masks. But this will be an opportunity for us to gather here in the sanctuary and to have a different type of worship experience together. So that is going to start on June the 7th. We're going to be offering an experience on Sunday nights or Sunday afternoons at noon and then Wednesdays at 6 o'clock. And so starting on June the 4th, you can call me and my phone number will be up soon to make a reservation and you must have a reservation to attend. You don't have a reservation, I'm afraid we're going to have to turn you away at the door. It's going to be a limit of nine people per time, and you can attend once a month to allow everyone a chance to attend. So there's more information about that in your newsletter. I will be posting more information about that on um, Facebook. So I hope you're excited. I am excited about that. See, that is a way that the Holy Spirit is giving us new giving us a challenge to do something new to reach other people. Also, another reminder that our food pantry is open on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 until 3 o'clock. You only need to live within the Altamont School District in order to come, and you may come once a week. So please share that information. Last but not least, if you need to contact me for any reason, I'm available by phone at 217-254. 1860, or you can email me at pagewarnercampbell at gmail.com. But if you want a reservation for worship, you have to call me. Otherwise, I can't handle all the different inputs. It's like a computer that gets overloaded. So again, my phone number is 217-254-1860. My email is pagewarnercampbell at gmail.com. So as we prepare to leave this time, and to leave this worshipful space that we have made for ourselves, wherever it is that we are. I pray that you will seek the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will open yourself up to God's leading. I also pray that you will challenge yourself about assumptions, about prejudices, about everything. Ask yourself everything this week. And then ask the Holy Spirit to answer and see what the Spirit says. The one that we listen to the most is God. Not rulers, principalities, not media outlets. The one that we listen to the most is God. So go out this week and do as God calls you to do. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So as we go out, let us sing our closing hymn. It is called, O Spirit of the Living God, and it is number 539 in the United Methodist Hymnal. Let us sing.
Peace be with you until we gather together again. Amen.